and welcome to episode number 10 of Thoroughly Unqualified, the thoroughly delightful podcast in which three adult siblings discuss relationship, love, and life, uh, despite all of us being uh, very unqualified to talk about any of those things. Uh, life, maybe. I don't know. Um, uh, I am Jeff. I'm the youngest. I'm Chris. I'm the middle. And I'm Nikki. I'm the oldest. And together we're the Powerpuff Girls. I Blossom, Buttercup. What's the other one? Bubbles. 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 Oh, yeah. I say Bubbles is the only one I could remember. <laughs> and Nikki okay, has a so cat named Bubbles. Moji who can be Mojo Jojo. Yeah, I do call her Mojo Jojo fairly frequently, actually. Oh, man. So how's everyone's week been? I've only sustained, like, four minor injuries. Oh, that's Which, for me, good. is actually on the low end. I was going to say, that's that's about right for, like, a normal week for me, I think. You can see where I sliced my pinky. Oh, my. Like, halfway open. Yeah, that looks not pleasant and very I bruised. Was, I was explaining to someone the other day... So, I, I, I'm a woodworker. By the way, subscribe to my YouTube channel, Beat Up Boots Workshop. Good stuff there, if you're into it. Uh, Cross-promotion. All, all about it. <laughs> the... the I'm very careful whenever my hands are near spinning blades and, like, situations where you're in actual peril of, like, cutting off a fingertip just in the nature of doing woodworking. Um, I'm not careful in situations where there is no danger of losing a finger, such as, you know, walking or touching stuff <laughs> to where I just am constantly like, ow, I just sliced my finger open on, like, a piece of wood that was just sitting there stationary. <laughs> it's It's a constant problem in my life. Well, I'm glad it's healing. And yeah, not, I mean, you know, it's still detached. Open. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it'll be fine. I'll live. And, and the other thing is, is I'm still working on building up my hand calluses. I'm better than I used to be, but just got to get that tougher skin on the fingies. Cool. Yeah, I have not done anything particularly interesting. Although I did learn a new tradition of the Jewish faith because uh, I have a few close friends who are Jewish and we celebrated Rosh Hashanah, which is Jewish new year this weekend. Um, so a bunch of us like had a little outdoor gathering, not a bunch of us. There's like five people, but um, apparently what you do is you throw stones or I guess it's t typically bread, um, but that's really bad for the ducks. So they say not to do that. Hmm. So we threw stones into the river and it's to like absolve your sins um, from the past year or to like wish for like change in the upcoming year so we all were basically just like this is a shitty year let's throw lots of stones into the river so that was a fun thing to learn about and i enjoyed it i approve of and that it was nice just hanging outside hey everybody go to the nearest river and chuck some stones into it because <laughs> this year can go be a rock in a river and think about your life but also, uh, let's not forget that this year is is not so much a, an individual problem so much as the coalescing of a lot of different problems that we've sort of been ignoring for a long time. Yeah, it's a it's a year. <laughs> it is most definitely a year. But you know, we're getting towards the end. Hopefully, uh, it'll turn around. We'll see. All right, let's learn some more fun facts about us, shall we? Jeff, do you uh, have some dice? I do so have can... some dice. Okay. Uh, 23 to start. Do you share a lot with each other? 
Does it mean like share like items or belongings or or like feelings, <laughs> wants, feelings? and dreams? In both cases, not really. <laughs> yeah, I mean we have I this say, podcast. No. <laughs> no, we do share but, this. Uh, yeah, I think when we, I think when we get together, we kind of catch each other up on yeah. stuff. Yeah, but and we, I feel like we talk. I mean, we record this podcast every week and check in with the family usually once a week so we talk fairly often but yeah i don't think we're like fully like closed off from each other yeah i am a very yeah i'm a very private person i don't share a lot with anyone but i'll update people on my on my life yeah. that includes you guys and i share stuff with you when we're together i guess no yeah but we i do share hear- the big stuff with you yeah but i do hear people talking about oh well i share everything with my siblings and they're my best friends and all these things and i love both of you and i would definitely consider you both among my best friends but you are not the people i go to when i'm like i have an emotional crisis that i'm dealing with yeah Um, that is correct speaking yeah so (laughs) and i'm sure you'd both be fine at dealing with said things it's just not (laughs) it's just not what comes into my mind (laughs) it's interesting i wonder why that is but well, probably because a lot of my emotional problems stem from you two just being absolutely terrible to me as a child. There's probably true. some some. There's there's probably a little that. bit of truth to that statement. A little bit. Probably it's a lot, but maybe maybe a smidge. All right, let's do another question. <laughs> yes. On that happy note. Don't worry, we're all grown up now, and I love my siblings very much. Uh, Eighty-seven. What is the best gift you have ever been given? Or you have ever no, given. No, you have ever given. Yeah. So I'm assuming to each other? Yeah, let's do it relative to each other. Um, what's well, the okay, best I've got... So, I have a tradition. I don't really know where it came from. I was oh, gonna yeah. say, I was gonna say, but, where's... It's, yeah. But every Christmas, I have to, in some way, punk Chris with the gift I give him. Now, this could just mean I get him a gag gift. Usually I get him something real, which is sort of like secondary to how much effort and time I put into making something ridiculous. Um, For instance, when uh, we all were in Germany for Christmas, I was like, what's something that's an actual present but is really annoying to pack? So I got him a soccer ball uh, because it just takes up a ton of space. That was Um, pretty annoying. um, It's a soccer ball, though. But I was thinking my very favorite thing... I mean, really, there's two. I think there's two that are tied. Uh, so one year, uh, I searched high and low to find a, a small piece of genuine anthracite coal. Like, straight out of a coal mine in Pennsylvania. It's very difficult, because normally when you buy coal, you have to buy it by, like, the bushel. And so I was like, can anyone sell me just one piece of coal? Because I don't need to spend $200 on coal for a gag gift. So I got this little lump of coal, I put it in a lovely little jewelry box, and then I built a paper mache piece of coal around it, which I then wrapped. <laughs> it was amazing. Um, so he, My he one was... Well, I'm getting there, I'm getting there. Yeah, yeah. So then the, the following year, I was like, well, how do I top paper mache, mache coal? And so I decided, well, I don't really care about the gift. Let's make, let's make an interesting receptacle. Uh, and so I spent... Uh, just an obscene amount of time, probably like 30 man hours, if not more, uh, delicately crafting a cardboard and paper mache life-size replica of a toilet uh, that I could then wrap with various colors of of Christmas paper. We still have it 
around. I think it's in the attic. Because uh, mom was like, I can't throw this away. It's too perfect. <laughs> um, and then both the reservoir and the, the toilet bowl are actual openable cavities where I, wherein I could put gifts. I don't even remember what I got you. Uh, uh, you got me a, a plastic poop. That's right. I, put I got it you a plastic in, in the receptacle. Yes. The thing. But then yes. I got you something and, like, legit. And some cash, I think, was also in there. Was it? I don't remember. No, I, think, I, don't, I, I don't remember I the cash. Else. I was like, I don't remember the cash. I remember the poop. My favorite was much simpler, and I think this was towards the beginning of when you started doing this. Because I think the first year, we just did the classic, like, wrap a million boxes right. of varying sizes. Right. Mm-hmm. So it takes forever to open it. And the next year, you did the same thing, but instead of putting the actual <laughs> present in the final box, you put one of Chris's old shoes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. When he finally got to it, he was like, what? <laughs> and then I just had an actual present. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but there was, like, one time you had a gigantic, like, an enormous, like, you know, like, six or seven foot long, like, square tube of some sorts. And he just, like, taped a gift card to the inside on, like, the bottom of it. So I couldn't even, like, reach it. And it just looked like an empty tube. I'm like, I don't, I don't get it. I, I was like, no, it gets in there. The taping the card of that was such a, an act of infrastructure. Because I had to get a piece of tape and a gift card, like, four feet into this thing. Yeah. Oh, man. So this has been going on for probably, what, like, ten, ten years? Probably, probably years. like, ten, ten-ish years, yeah. I mean, to- there was probably a couple years I missed towards the beginning as I was still kind of getting rolling, but... Now we gotta keep figuring it out. That's the best gift ever given, but it's definitely the best. It's definitely the story most ever. I put far, far too much effort into this at this point. <laughs> it's like days of work. <laughs> yeah, the toilet was quite the endeavor. It was impressive. It was very yeah. impressive. <laughs> it's a masterpiece. <laughs> yeah, I forgot yeah. that mom saved it. Oh yeah, That's we still have great. it. I, I think I would have felt bad throwing it away. Yeah, I think she's just gonna keep putting it down with the Christmas presents now, just as a recurring thing. Alright, next question. No, we're going still. Okay. Uh, <laughs> 90. Which of you is the funniest? That's a hard thing to answer. Because we all have very different <laughs> styles of humor. Right, because I think we all have our yeah. elements in which we are the funniest. I, yeah. I think I am the funniest at, like, reactive humor, where I just, like, kind of ham it up. Um... Because that's what I am. No, because it's like very. I have like the very like goofy right. humor, and like I do improv and stuff. And um, I have been a very dry, like situational sort of like one-liners that I throw. Yeah, in and then Jeff has kind of. Yeah, Jeff has like kind of the reactive, like intelligent humor. So it's all very different. I guess it depends on uh, your flavor of choice. Who yeah. you would think was the funniest yeah. amongst us. <laughs> Slash, like, half half of my way of getting people to laugh is just reacting with my voice getting louder and higher pitched in situations. Like, what are you talking about? You're doing this time! <laughs> that's, like, that's 80% of it right there. I giggled at that and Chris is stone-faced. <laughs> and there you go. And there you go, exactly. Uh, 70. Which one of you would get married first? I like how the question is, would get married first. Would, yeah. Now, uh, I go ahead. I always thought it would be Jeff, honestly, but now I'm not so sure. I maintain that I think Chris will be the first one to get married. I have thought that for a long time, and I maintain to think that it is true. That's not at a dig at At this point, it's unity. anybody's game. It's yeah, I was going to say, I, it's, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I would say I if, think... if a coin had three sides, I'd say it's a coin flip. Yeah, but yeah. obviously, it doesn't work that way. 
so really we're all in the same boat as of now so it's pretty impossible to know yeah um, and, and right now is not really the most conducive time to meeting people so and then i'm all right let's do one more a very low population density area so it's gonna get even worse yeah that's why i uh, have less hopes about you yeah. well that's why uh 52 what is one personality trait that your sibling has that you wished you had did we do this one i don't think so i feel like we did okay. something similar to this yeah i think we did the physical trait oh yeah you're right yeah, yeah. um let's see personality traits um, I wish I had Chris's ability to be mellow in situations. Yeah, I wish I had Chris's ability to not go with the flow, but like not Just keep an even keel. over plan and get sucked into like thinking about every detail of something because I definitely do that. <laughs> yep. And I think Jeff does that too. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I think it's very funny because it's like, I wish that I had the ability to like plan anything. Because I just don't. I let other people be like, hey, show up here at this time. And I'm like, okie dokies. But if you ask me to like plan an outing for people, I'm like, uh, it's not my strong suits. I don't know. I wish. The the type A thing. <laughs> it's, yeah, a little bit. I think even more so, like, sort of like Jeff's ability to just, honestly just like small talk. I'm an awful small talker. Mm. And I, it's, I'm just a really awkward human being. And it definitely comes out in scenarios where I'm like, I wish I could talk to these people, but I have nothing to say, because I'm not very interesting. The trick is just so to lie. Lie all the time. <laughs> I wish I had Jeff's memory. I have such a bad memory. I forget everything. I'll read something and then be like, oh, that's super interesting, and then five minutes later, later forget like all of the relevant details of it. Yeah, I do um, that too. Whereas Jeff can read something my mind's a steel trap ten years later recite it word for word. <laughs> well, I, I had a... Uh, uh, situation the other day where one of my friends said something in like early high school so this is going on 10 years ago um for me uh where he just made some funny quote about his parents and i just quoted it back to him like last week and he's like how do you remember that <laughs> i was like i wish i knew it's just who i am for jeff used to read probably i don't know if you still do but you would read like essentially history textbooks i'm as, reading like, a, a biography reading. i'm reading a biography of ulysses s grant that's about this thick now so yeah <laughs> um and he would be able to recite like entire paragraphs from them i don't know about <laughs> reciting you just take paragraphs. a swig out of a bottle of jameson nope <laughs> he did and i i reacted with my face but didn't make noise because you were talking <laughs> um and I was like, oh, okay. But yeah, Jeff has a great memory. And Chris has a great... Demeanor? Not caring so much about everything that's happening in life that he has to be on top of it. <laughs> and I envy that. It has its pros and cons. Alright, let's talk about done? some people's yeah. problems. I think we're done. We went off on a no, bit of a we, tangent right, with the right. gifting thing. Was, that was a good one. <laughs> it was worth getting into, though. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. That, that needed to be said. There's a lot of weird Christmas things in our family, apparently. There's just a lot it's of weird up. things in our yeah, family. Weird, weird we, are, we are weird people. We are Very children. Alright, uh, speaking of weird people, who would like to read their story first? I can go first. Okay. Uh, so this is, once again, uh, a visit to our dear friend Prudence. Prudence! Prudence. Uh, this is The narrator is a man. I don't believe we know the ages, but I think they're in their mid to late 20s. Um, and it is a heterosexual relationship. Uh, my girlfriend Jane and I moved together during the pandemic since her roommate was an essential worker and I lived alone. We figured it wouldn't last that long, 
And it would be better than being all by better than being all by ourselves. We fought a bit, but mostly in a way that confirmed we were good for each other. And overall, things have been great, except for this: Jane doesn't believe that men can or should do any domestic chores. She thinks we should leave it to women to, in quotes, do it right. I drew up a chore schedule so we'd both know what needs doing, and she does my share while I'm working. Anything I do manage to finish, she redoes with a sigh. I realize, quote-unquote, not having to do the chores isn't much to complain about, but even though part of me is glad I don't have to scrub the toilet, I still feel like it's unfair. Plus, what kind of life can I really build with someone who thinks I'm genetically incapable of wiping a plate? I've spent a whole pandemic trying to convince her I'm capable of basic housekeeping, but it hasn't worked. I don't see how I can continue to date Jane, even though this is our only real problem. It sounds stupid, but I would feel like such a... It would... It says, I would feel just like such a weird throwback. I think it's supposed to be it. I don't know. Uh, Plus, my family would hardly respect this lifestyle, and that matters to me. Am I missing something? I didn't live in a pit before Jane moved in with me. I didn't have a house cleaner either. I paid a neighbor's kid 20 bucks to water the plants and open the windows when I traveled for work. Everything else I took care of myself. What should I do? I want to hear Nikki's reaction to this first. Yeah. You know, I feel like we had a fairly similar one to this, although kind of different in that the woman kind of felt it was her role since she, the guy was the only one working. Um, it's unclear if that's the situation again here, but I still think it's a little strange um, the way that she feels about it. Um, I mean, unless she like genuinely enjoys doing all the chores and like wants to do them herself. Um, it could be, again, I feel like this hap- we've come back to this a lot, but it could be an OCD thing where she likes do- things done a specific way. Um, and for many people, myself included, it's a lot easier to just do things yourself and know that they're getting done correctly, or at least in the way that you want them to be done, um, rather than rely on someone else to do them. So if it's an issue of something like that, I think maybe just talk to her, um, about what it is you're doing that she doesn't like, or that she isn't happy with in the way that you're completing the chore, um, and phrase it as like, I want to be able to do this to help you out. And I want you to feel, like, comfortable with the way I'm doing it. So if there's something I need to change, please just let me know. Uh, But it's important to me that we, you know, carry equal weight in maintaining our household. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And I think there are, like you said, similarities to that one. I think the other one was sort of, like, they fell into it. Where it's, like, she wasn't working at the time and he was. And they're like, oh, well, since I'm not working because I need some time off for XYZ, I can do this. And they sort of made that arrangement. And it was mutual. Now seem fine. This almost seems like it's like it was like her upbringing. It's like this is my role, rather than than like anything. It's just like that's how she perceives like how it should be, almost more than anything else. And maybe like you said, there's that some other additional aspect of you know OCD or just like it needs to be done the right way, and I'm the only way, only one who can do it the right way. Or at least I know it'll be done the right way. But I think. I feel like the, like her attitude towards it seems like, oh, when he already does it, she like sighs and redoes it. And like that, I don't know. It's, I feel like that's, it's just very, it's a very strange dynamic. And like, because there was no like agreement between them that that was going to be the case. Right. Yeah. And I think it's like, I think she's the one being weird about it, not him. I think the fact yeah. that he like wants to help and wants it to be even is like, how in theory it should be like unless there's some agreement you have where certain people take on certain responsibilities and the other person takes on the other set of responsibilities if that works for you great 
But yeah, it, it sounds like she has some sort of issue with, you know, sharing the, the burden of it for whatever reason. Um, and and so just, just to getting just, the root of that. Yeah. Just to throw it out there. I'm going to take him at his word that he's a reasonably clean person. But I'll be the first to admit that when I'm living by myself or in a place where I know it's, you know, I'm the only one that I'm responsible for as far as cleanliness goes, I will definitely lower my standards a bit as far as, like, how clean I need to be. I won't be filthy. I'm not going to leave, you know, <laughs> Nikki is gesturing broadly at everything, as am I, really. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, the standards I have are just going to be lower. I'm not going to leave food lying around in ways that's going to attract bugs, and I'm not going to, you know not flush the toilet or anything, you know, I'm not going to do things that are gross, but I'm not going to make my bed, I'm not going to pick up clothes that are on the floor, like, all that frequently, just because those things I just don't really care about. Um, so Messy, not dirty. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and so, I don't necessarily know that that's the case here, but it could be that she also just has high, forgetting compulsive behaviors or anything like that, she might just have higher standards for cleanliness. Um, the fact that he yeah. specifically mentioned wiping a plate ma makes me think dishes are probably where this comes up a lot um and i definitely have met people that are uh much less fastidious about how they do their dishes than i am and also much more um because some people are like if you do not scrub it with hot water for two minutes it is it is going to kill you uh whereas i've also met people that are like just let it soak just let it soak for a week it'll be fine <laughs> um and i'm somewhere in the middle of that uh <laughs> and so yeah, I think there's also just a, a mismatch of cleanliness standards that probably has to be addressed. I think just getting to the root of, like, what her actual problem is, it is it, problem is with it, is it, like Chris said, kind of rooted in how she was raised and her kind of, like, uh, how she interprets, you know, traditional roles, or is it something about, like, particular about the way that she wants it to be done, or is, yeah, does she just have higher standards for cleanliness which kind of overlaps with the second point but um again as with most problems we talk about have a conversation is the solution it's the well, thing is it seems like they've had conversations about it and i'm curious like is there a, a different sort of way to bring it up i don't know i don't know what the answer is because i feel like he's tried he's like trying to make chore charts and he's tried to actually do a share and she's just like no and it's like he said it's like that's the only thing they fight about so I'm wondering can if there's observe her when she's doing a chore and like stare at her and then she, when she's like what are you doing be like I want to know exactly how you're doing this so that I can do it correctly. <laughs> and maybe that's a better way to <laughs> kick it off. I don't that's know. Slightly creepy, creepy but <laughs> I don't know. But it would get across the point. Yeah. But you're right. In general, the solution to most things is communicate in relationships that's like the one thing i know about relationships it's like you need to talk about stuff I think especially if there's a, problems i think we need a sting for like communication just like that we can just play whenever that's the answer well then our podcast would not be very long would they it would just be like question <laughs> communication question <laughs> communication we're on vacation because we gonna talk about communication sound like a very fun vacation it's no. a couple's retreat. Yeah, I was going to say, it <laughs> sounds like therapy of some sort. Not that there's anything not fun about therapy. <laughs> oh, there's plenty not fun. About. I don't think therapy should necessarily be fun. <laughs> no, I'm, I was being sarcastic. It yes. should be. 
I also don't discourage people from going to yeah. therapy. Go to therapy. No, absolutely. But absolutely. also don't expect it to be fun. Yeah, correct. Um, Alright, so moving into another kind of very relevant to the current state of the world question. Um, this is from the Boston Globe's um, advice column, which is called Love Letters. I am 31 years old and find myself single during this pandemic. I have been single for years, finally got up the courage to try online dating, and four months later, COVID-19 arrived. I had just started seeing someone in early February, and it was going really well, but it didn't last because of the pressures, pressures of COVID, the stress and social distancing and everything shutting down, etc. I recently started talking to someone I met months ago, and we did meet up recently at an outdoor restaurant. However, I get the sense he is dating other people, or at least in the market to date other people. My question, is it reasonable to ask for exclusivity earlier in the game than usual given the pandemic? I would be open to exploring outdoor dating with someone, but if they are seeing multiple people at once, I worry about exposure to the virus. Normally, dating is about exploring the field and seeing what's out there, but that doesn't feel so safe right now. I don't know if asking to be exclusive so early on is unreasonable or controlling, and I don't know how to have these complicated conversations. Help. It's a good question. That's a tough one. Yeah. So I'll start it off being like, I feel like I very much relate to this person because I would not feel safe feeling like, no, I'm like, oh, lots of people are dating and there's stresses to doing it. And I do not like online dating. I have tried it here and there and to some success, I have had relationships because of it, but it stresses me out. And so even like taking a step further, I don't even like talking to more than one person at a time because that freaks me out. And I feel like if I'm going to try to make something work, I'm going to put my energy into one person. And then if that doesn't work, move on to the next one rather than be like, I'm going to put some energy into these five people I'm talking to and then see what happens because that makes my brain explode. So I right away would just be like, yes, ask for it. You can phrase it. I mean, I think COVID gives you like a completely reasonable way to be like, hey, it's understandable. You're seeing other people, you know, early stages of dating, but I'm not comfortable because of COVID of sort of just knowing that the bubble is expanding. The more people that you happen to be talking to, do you feel like this is something where we could, you know, try to get to know each other better for a while, you know, exclusively see what happens if it doesn't work out, so be it. And I think that's a totally reasonable thing to do in this situation or really in any situation, but especially in this situation. I agree. No, I mean the, I don't, yeah, I agree with Chris. I don't really like the idea of dating around with several people at the same time, even in general, even with COVID not a factor. And that's just me personally. That's a foible I have. It feels, I don't know when I'm like trying to form connections with people. I don't want to feel like I'm window shopping and I'm not saying mm -hmm. that's what, people are doing necessarily it's whatever works for you i don't really care um but it it, it feels very kind of shifty to me um or, or just however you do it because mm -hmm. yeah i just don't like it um and so that is already sort of a non-starter for me um but i think it's absolutely reasonable even if it's not necessarily asking for exclusivity just coming and saying like look i am more than happy to explore after dating or whatever, meeting you more in person. Um, but I have to know that you're not going and, and taking a bunch of unnecessary risks. Cause I, I would honestly be less worried about them seeing other people in outdoor situations or whatever. And more worried from a COVID standpoint about them, like going to big events or being with their extended family or all these other things where you're probably opening yourself up to a lot more risk. 
Um, and so, honestly, I think that's probably... I think you might be confusing two of your concerns. Not that either of them are invalid. Um, you know, I, I think the larger concern as far as COVID is related is probably not the dating other people. Probably. Uh, and the larger concern as far as dating other people goes is probably not... Um, you know, the exclusivity and that sort of thing. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know. There's a, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer to it. It's whatever you're most comfortable with. Yeah. I found this one very intriguing, which is why I picked it. Right. Um, and I was interested to see how you guys would react to it. Cause kind of like, I feel like the whole dating scene in general has kind of had to change because of the pandemic as far as like you know your first date could be a video date or something like that as opposed to going to grab a drink at a bar which isn't possible right now so i think just like the whole landscape of dating has changed and therefore the whole landscape of like entering into a relationship has kind of changed but the whole kind of concept of online dating especially is that you're in theory and obviously this doesn't work for chris but you're talking to a bunch of people and in theory, meeting up with a bunch of people. Um, my experience with online dating is 95% of the first dates I've gone on have not resulted in a second date, but that's just how it is. You meet a bunch of people, you find someone you connect with, and then in theory, once that happens, like Chris said, I'm usually not, you know, seeking out another connection. Once I have someone that I've, you know, been on a few dates with, I'm usually content focusing on that. But in normal times, like, you're also not shutting down opportunities of, like, meeting people in real life and blah, blah, blah. So I think because it is harder to meet people right now, I don't think it's going to be as much of an issue as this narrator is thinking it's going to be. Um, because... Maybe the narrator's this smoking person... and just has so <laughs> many suitors that they can't even handle it. Yeah, but, like, they're in, like it's harder to like meet people just, you know, out and about during going about your normal life. So unless this other person is like actively seeking out making connections with other people, I think it, it'll be an easier conversation to be like, Hey, like maybe not let's be like in a relationship, but while we're figuring out if this, this is a thing, can we kind of limit the social interactions we're having to um, be safe about it? And I think that's totally fine and valid. And if they're not comfortable with that, they're probably doing riskier things anyway. So maybe not the best, you know, option for you right now. But yeah, it's a crazy world out there right now. <laughs> yes, indeed. Agreed. Um, and I agree. It's, it, it is hard to, like, juggle multiple conversations. But it's so hard via, like, text and stuff, too. Because you don't, you can't really get a sense of a person until you meet mm -hmm. them. Yep, you're right. And it's, you know how you're saying how I, I don't like to plan and overthink things? Yeah, with relationships, I do. So trying <laughs> to do that with more than one at the same time is like, nope, this, God. That's where it, all the stress goes. Yeah, and it's especially hard right now because, like, during normal life, like, you're meeting people when you're out and about or, you know, just doing whatever you do. So it's harder to, like, have that expectation of, oh, I can't talk to anybody else. Um, but right now, like, in theory, you're not out and about doing things, so it should be easier to be like, all right, I'm going to focus on this one person right now until we figure out if we have something, and then I'll move on to the next person if we don't, or whatever, so. 
yeah, an interesting one for sure. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right, Chris, hit us with your your person's problem. Person's problem. This another practical one. I think less less interesting, but still practical. Um, still got it from Reddit. Advice today. Right. Yeah. So the narrator is a 26 year old female uh, dating a 27 year old male. Um, so it's titled, the new boyfriend is a cuddle sleeper. So it's not the deepest post, but I'm not really sure how to go about this. I've been dating this guy for around a month now. And with the combination of living in the same neighborhood and his AC being out, he's been spending the night at my place quite a bit. His love language is so obviously touch. That's completely fine with me during the day. And I think it's sweet that he likes touching my back or walking or lays against me or watching TV, etc. It's cute and endearing. However, this rolls into bedtime. I'm the kind of sleeper that's fine with some light snuggling before saying goodnight. But after that, I want to completely go my separate way. In my last relationship, we even had separate blankets because neither of us could sleep if we were touching in any way. I told him this up the first couple weeks of dating, and he seemed a bit saddened that I said I couldn't sleep on his chest or with his arms around me or whatever. I reassured him it's not because I don't like him, it's just that I can't fall asleep that way. So he's not trying to force it on me. Once I scoot away, he'll go to his side of the bed and fall asleep there. The problem is he always ends up right against me after he falls asleep, and I feel him pull me closer throughout the night. I know he's not trying to make it hard for me, especially since he's generally fast asleep when he does this, but I found myself just glaring at all the space on his side of the bed at 3 a.m. today while he snoozed happily against me. Hard not to get frustrated when you just went to sleep in your own bed. So anyway, probably a pretty boring issue, but I feel like I'm going crazy. What can I do to make this work? Because it's I like him and I don't want it, this to seem like a, a relationship-breaking issue. What you do is buy a spike strip, like the one that cops use to stop a speeding car, okay. and just lay it down the center of the bed like a median. <laughs> And you say, if you go for the cuddle, you get to poke. Oh, no. That's horrifying. It would solve <laughs> the problem. Yeah, because he would be dead. <laughs> oh, we, we wouldn't kill him. It would just hurt. Then you'd have bloody sheets to deal with. Uh, <laughs> well, I was going to propose a much simpler solution, which is cuddle at night before you go to sleep. Cuddle in the morning when you wake up, and in the middle of the night, you get a body pillow and you put it in the middle of you two. <laughs> Much more friendly than uh, cop spikes, or whatever those things are called, and you should solve the problem. What I yeah. could also see is like get him a sleeping bag, but staple the sleeping bag to the wall opposite your side of the bed <laughs> <laughs> so that he's like kind of in his little cocoon and can't go anywhere. What if the bed's in the middle of the room? Just need to staple it to that side of the bed. <laughs> yeah, I think I think sure. there are some pretty good physical solutions no, to this one. Is probably the way to go. No, I think, I mean, yeah, a barrier because I found this interesting because yeah. I've been told I do this as the person who, in the middle of the night, will just randomly end up closer, and I've been kicked in my sleep and shoved to the side. Oh, and I was curious. I have a body pillow, and uh, I use it when I don't have another person there. But when there's another person there, I kick it off to the side but yes i think that absolutely makes sense but i was just sort of curious to see if you had any groundbreaking i, I empathize very much with the narrator this. of the story because i have two things going for me one i, I enjoy a, a pre pre-sleep time cuddle all about that um but i don't know that this is universally true but i think often when you're the larger person in a relationship often in a male and female relationship it's the man but not exclusively um you end up being the one that's people are on top of you or you are you know your arms hooked around them or whatever dead arm Len, you know long <laughs> yeah. story short you end up not being able to feel your appendages uh and so 
I am not a huge fan of that sensation. Um, I also am just a furnace of a person, especially yep. yeah, like, me too. where I just emanate heat. And I, I already don't really like heat. I'm not a hot person. Hot, I am a hot person. I'm not a hot weather person. Uh, <laughs> uh, as a general <laughs> rule, relax, relax about it. And the, uh, combination of that plus another person's body heat around me it just overwhelms me and i can't handle it so i will often just do a full body just like get over there <laughs> just it's just a gentle shove um just to give myself yeah. some breathing room yeah like i've been told i'm a big thing. spoon because i like kind of having control of being able to move away or not <laughs> so i understand that i'm also like a super flaily sleeper so this yes. has never been an issue for me because usually people just want to stay away from me when i'm sleeping because <laughs> otherwise they'll get like smacked in the face or something, i can so. vouch for this having shared hotel rooms and whatnot with nikki where she is, <laughs> she is a, a medieval flail of a, of yeah. a sleeper. <laughs> i'm a very active I've sleeper woken up, um, woken up with facial bruising I think I have calmed down significantly later in life with my sleep flailing, but I know I am still a fairly active sleeper, and I often wake up in entirely different positions than I fell asleep in with my blankets like all twisted all over the place or off the bed or whatever. So, yeah. the, the one uh, <laughs> advantage I have in this situation is I am I am a very small sleeper. I will end up most of the time going fetal or close to it and just like wrapping around a blanket and just being like, this is my small spot. <laughs> Which I think may have evolved as a defense mechanism for people that were trying to cuddle up against me. And I was just like, no, 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 no. I'm also just like... your defense of having Nikki around. Well, that's yeah. <laughs> Take cover. <laughs> I'm also used to having a queen size bed to myself. Mm -hmm. So whenever I have to share a bed with someone else, I'm like, oh God, there's not enough space here. <laughs> The largest bed I can't I've do ever my star had. Fishing. Yeah, the largest bed I've ever had is a like my personal bed was a twin, uh, not a twin, a, a full size, and I'm on a twin right now because I'm living at home. Yay! Um, so I think whenever I move out, I'm like full king size. I just want a, a bed the size of the room. I don't need anything else in there. Just kings might be a little excessive for one person. Not doing it. I'm like doing a it. humongous bed. I'm doing it. Say some people, some people would disagree. Yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, I, I would probably not swim. complain about having a king size bed, swim. but they don't fit in most bedrooms. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, especially I don't in rental no, apartments. I, I probably, probably would not go for king size, but I could. Oh yeah, XP. Yeah, I think that was like the simplest solution we've ever come up with. It's just like put it a, wasn't put a barrier. <laughs> it wasn't communication this time, guys. I, did. I mean, yeah. communication probably wouldn't hurt, but you if can't... it's a sleep, it's a sleep time habit. There's not a ton you can. Yeah, control they, about. they already communicate. Sleep. You can't talk about it. Or or get some like watered down pepper spray. <laughs> God, just... Put it on the like, police. Like, like a very like a very like a very diluted <laughs> pepper spray. Like not one that would wake him up, but it, it'll provoke like some sort of psychosomatic response where he's like, "Oh no, the ouchie, the ouchie spray in his sleep." <laughs> he will leave the area. <laughs> no, oh, every no, time he ouchie. cuddles with you. In the night, just blow an air horn. That too. <laughs> All of your neighbors will hate you, but also it'll solve the problem. So, there you go. That's our thoroughly unqualified advice for the day. Okay. Oh, boy. All right, everybody. Well, thanks for listening to another episode here. Hope you got something out of it. Maybe to help with your own cuddle struggles or... COVID dating 
situations. You did not come up with uh, a good and if not, the second one. <laughs> thanks for listening anyway, and uh, I'm glad you still are with us, even though we are not helpful. Uh, um, yeah, if you have your... <laughs> God, stop the sound effects. Uh, if you have your own story you would like us to talk about or find a particularly good one online that you would like to know our opinions about, you can shoot us an email to thoroughlyunqualified at gmail.com. We will happily read it and get back to you and maybe talk about it. Uh, until next time. <gasps> stay beautiful. I don't know what want to know what that was. That was stay the, classy, that was San Diego. San Diego. Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? <laughs> Probably in San Diego. <laughs> Bye! Okay. Bye. And goodbye. <laughs>